This is Transistor.fm. Let's do the intro if we can remember how to do it. <laughs> how do we do this? Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2021. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson, and I'm preparing for the apocalypse. <laughs> Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. <laughs> You're in the middle of a bunch of fires still. Yeah, we're a lot of fires in British Columbia this summer. This was, uh, I mean, this is probably going to be the reality going forward. But that the uh, how localized fires and smoke are, I think it's still going to be kind of variable. And this was just our our right. unlucky summer. Well, it eventually it'll burn everything up and just be living in a wasteland. Yeah, a desert yeah. wasteland. Yeah, pretty soon it'll just be charred a charred landscape. Mad Max, uh, <laughs> British <laughs> yeah, Columbia, yeah, Mad Max style, uh, w- which is great. It'll coincide perfectly with the launch of the Cybertruck. Um, you know. It, <laughs> It'll just be it'll just be a charred landscape and people driving their cyber trucks around. <laughs> God, the hellscape. <laughs> oh, but let's we've got we've got we've got better news than that. We this is not a downer podcast. We have got some big news. Yeah. What's the big news, John? Uh, we hired our first full-time engineer aside from me. First Full-time engineer. Yeah. We've gone from a company of three full-time people, you, myself, yeah. and Helen, to four, four full-time people, you, myself, Helen, and Jason Pearl. Yep. Jason is a old friend from Chicago who no longer lives there. Uh, we worked together for a little bit, worked in the same office for a while, co-working, have a bunch of uh, you know, a um, bunch of the same friends, stayed in touch, obviously. And uh, yeah, we were looking to hire someone. He was looking to get out and it just kind of made sense. Yeah. Now, th- th- this was, we got to take people through the range of emotions. Yeah. I I, I tweeted this morning, uh, you know, that's basically my full-time job now as I'm just starting uh, controversy on tw- Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yesterday I had this I had this uh this thread that really went went uh wild uh talking about how in a world that idolizes billionaires I'm cheering for indie creators who are building small profitable calm companies and and that one really resonated uh this morning uh, this one did not resonate as much. Nobody's more capital efficient than a bootstrapped founder. VCs will burn hundreds of millions searching for one unicorn, but a bootstrapper can invest 5 to 10K in their startup, build it on the side, and eventually earn millions in annual revenue. And the big critique, actually, of this, which is probably fair, is that uh, bootstrappers are often... Uh, uh, they're, they they're adverse to investing too much of money in their company, uh, yeah. you know, because that it often means like making less profits, and you know, as founders, uh, yeah, you can you can take well, some of that profit off the table. Yeah, it's also hedging against 
potential future downturns, right? Like we've yeah, had this discussion before where I'm pretty frugal in what we spend our money on. Like we run, we run this pretty cheap. Yeah. I don't know what other podcast hosts are paying for, you know, all their infrastructure, but this, it, we're, we're running pretty lean, but it, it's easy to just throw money at the problem and buy servers and services and sign up for things. But then, you know, you become dependent on those. It gets out of control. And then if you have a downturn, now you got to still pay those. Yes. Yeah. There's a threshold here. That's, that's interesting. We we've definitely had from the beginning, we've been, we've been, you're right, fairly frugal. Uh, yeah. Except in the sense that once we hit a certain uh, revenue mark, uh, we started paying ourselves, uh, you know, in quite well. You know, yeah. we're we're still not quite making the the that uh, fang money. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, we're we're doing fairly well. Uh, still not paying ourselves as well as the Libsyn CEO, but. Uh, pretty still doing fairly well. Yeah. Doing well. Hiring a full-time engineer is obviously a huge expense. And I, I don't think it was ever a matter of like, did we not want to have another engineer for, you Mm -hmm. know, my sanity and just for helping out with features and building things a little faster. Yeah. It was more, is this the right time and can we afford it? And Mm -hmm. are we going to regret this if we do it? Because it's a, I yeah. mean, I, arguably the, probably the biggest change we've had yet since we started yeah. this in terms yeah. of biggest new expense, biggest change to how we work. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, there is an ongoing debate in our circles. Uh, like for example, one critique of Transistor would be we probably, a lot of folks would say we have not hired enough and that we should have hired sooner. Right. On the flip side, I guess it's just, it's always difficult to know whenever you make a decision in business, whether you're making the right decision. I think a lot of business owners delude themselves with the decisions they make. <laughs> Meaning, uh, let's say that we were looking to hire a salesperson. You know, I, I don't like doing all these enterprise conversations. I don't like going through the enterprise uh, sales process. Uh, and so... We say, you know what? Let's hire a salesperson here. And the 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 hypothesis is that investing in a salesperson is going to generate enough income twelve months down the road that that will have been a good decision. Right. Two th- difficult things. One is knowing truly knowing your company's baseline. Uh, for example, our baseline before COVID was much different than after COVID. Mm-hmm. The baseline changed. And um, and that was irrespective of anything we did. That was the environment, uh, you know, creating different momentum. And so we could be, we could have been testing something. Like maybe we, we hired a salesperson before COVID. And then all of a sudden, April, May hits and our numbers are up, way up. And we could end the year and go, wow, that, that decision to hire that salesperson was a good idea. <laughs> Our numbers are way up. Yeah. And it would have been the same regardless. It would have been the same regardless. Uh, the other, the other uh, critique I'll have here, an argument in favor of being careful and not rocking the boat too much, is that I think business owners 
when they make decisions, are incredibly hesitant to reverse decisions, especially hiring decisions once they're made. Yeah. So you could have a hypothesis that you're going to hire a salesperson. And in 12 months, if, if that has not given you the results that you want, uh, how likely is it that you're actually going to fire that person? Right. It's, it's just... Oh, well, firing it's, people sucks. It's, it sucks. It's, it's yeah. just incredibly <laughs> unlikely that you're going to even revisit the decision. You, you, you will have a new baseline. You will have a new norm. And, um, and you know, uh, it, it's, 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 it's very unlikely. And it's very unlikely that you'll admit to yourself that you were wrong. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing about this decision to hire another engineer was, I think, at least on my side, this was mostly motivated by uh, a few things. One, quality of life. Just meaning, even if uh, we're hoping that Jason helps us build features that attract more customers, he certainly wants that, which yeah. is amazing. That's that's the kind of yeah. That's the kind of team member you want. <laughs> but the you and I have had this kind of this hanging over our heads, which is all of the technical infrastructure and worries uh, are on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. That like the one thing that actually keeps me up at night is like, how's John doing? How's you know? <laughs> how's he feeling? How stressed out is he? Um, is he is he going to be okay? What happens if he goes on a, a you know a snowboard trip and uh, gets a concussion and is in the hospital for two weeks? Right. And <laughs> there's yeah. no backup. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a concern. So that was that was a big part for me was just. Um, I, uh, and also knowing that you'd worked with Jason before Mm -hmm. and enjoyed working. I think you, like you've missed working with people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I work with, I work with you, but we don't, we don't work together every day. We don't even talk every day like this. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, to have someone, yeah, it's an interesting, it's a fine line. It's like, I love working with other people and and Jason's a good friend. So obviously I I really enjoy working with him, but it also does change my day a little bit. Like this is one of the apprehensions I had is like, my day is pretty much open, right? It's pretty flexible. I don't necessarily have to work all day, Mm -hmm. sit in an office from nine to five. Um, I still don't need to do that, but I think bringing on, you know, another full-time engineer, especially when they're starting out learning the system, I kind of do need to be around more. Yeah. Which is a big change. Uh, yeah. On the flip side, it's great working with a friend. And, you know, you can talk about work and then have a tangent and talk about other stuff and joke around. And it makes, you know, makes the day much more enjoyable. I, I, I'm actually not very good at forecasting how I'll feel after a decision is made. So I was yeah. quite apprehensive right up until we hired Jason and made the decision. And then after he he came on and we had someone else in slack and we had someone else on zoom calls and we had someone else giving ideas and suggesting things it's like now we have jason and helen contributing and participating yeah and uh giving ideas and giving feedback and pushing back on us yeah. <laughs> and our grumpy <laughs> attitude <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a bunch of code stuff that's been sitting around forever that I know how it works. Yeah. And it's yeah. fine, but it's not great. And there's, you know, Jason pushes back. It's like, I want to change this. And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, now I'm a believer. It just feels like this has been great. And, um, and it, it was a, it was a big financial decision. Yeah. Um, both Helen and Jason, I I remember before we brought Helen on, it was like, oh man, like, it was like, you have to take some deep breaths. And I, I still think, (laughs) I still think there is, and I think this is where people will disagree with us. Being slower to hire, being more conservative with how you spend money, um, being careful about it, being considerate about it, you know, it, that, it's, I think that's still the right idea. But I think we got pushed. We realized we needed to push ourselves into out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And that the timing was right. And in terms of safety margin, there's enough safety margin in the business that we could do that. Right. Yeah. It, it, was, a, it was a good time to do it. I think we could have not. We could have easily not and just continued on like we are and we probably would have been fine. I mean, we haven't had too many problems lately where, where, that keeps me up at night or anything like that. It, you know, yeah. it's running it's running smoothly, but there was a lot of stuff we wanted to do and features we wanted to add that would have just taken a while and getting a new perspective on those and getting some new energy in is is a is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and like any decision, it's not the data the single data point that uh matters. It's the trend. And so of course we don't really know how this is gonna turn out in the long run. Right. Even like if you go back to the beginning of this podcast and you listen to you and I talking at the beginning, uh, when we first decided to partner up, there is this apprehension of like, well, I kind of know this guy. Like I've, yeah, I've hung out with him at events and I chatted with him in Slack and, you know, we've shared some personal things to each other and we've been vulnerable, but there's still, <laughs> there's still like this idea of like, these are still just a few data points and it, it's the trend that will matter. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and you can't I, really predict that. It's very difficult to predict. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. we, we see human beings making these mistakes all the time. Change, change is hard for humans. It's a really hard yes. thing to adapt to. And it's, I don't know, it kind of, it's similar to, I think the more you get used to, you know, how we work and how we have worked, over the last mm-hmm. three years, it's kind of similar to the actual code base in a way. Like changing changing something now in our code base is much, much harder, which I think because it can affect so many more people mm-hmm. and you're used to how it works. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, having someone new in there kind of who, who doesn't have all that baggage, I guess. Yeah. Uh, things can probably happen quicker. Yes, yes. And uh, the other thing that helped me was that we've we've spent some time writing down our values. Um and I can link this in the in the show notes. We have this on GitHub. Um and it was in our initial conversations with Jason, 
we were able to kind of look over these values. And I think it was just clear that uh, hiring Helen and then hiring Jason, those two hires aligned with our values. Yeah. Meaning yeah. our emotional and physical well-being is priority number one. It's worth investing money and time to take care of ourselves. That's... I mean, yeah. I mean, hire, hiring Helen was like, looking back on it now, was it was such a good idea. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> it, took, it took so much stress and just like... Yeah, it was, yeah, that was a good decision. So if, if Jason's anything like that, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> yes. And, well, and then we have questions to ask when making decisions. So first question, does this decision match up with our values? Number two, is this decision going to make our life more busy and more complicated? Is this decision going to make the company heavier or slower? In six to 12 months, will this decision cause us to feel less excited about building Transistor? Mm-hmm. And I think, of course, you don't know until you make the decision. But with Helen and Jason, it was just, it it felt at the time like, you know what, this is going to actually make our lives, it might make our lives busier and more complicated in the short term. But in the long term, this decision is going to allow John to, you know, go to Iceland and go on a meditation retreat for a month and not worry about the the tech stuff, right? Right. this decision to hire Helen, is is it going to make the company heavier and slower? No, it's going to make yeah. it feel lighter for us. Yeah. Uh, and so um, that was helpful to have values and then questions to ask when making decisions that we could, you know, we could consider. And again, uh, the, the, the proof will always be in the long term, but it, it, it just feels right. You know, there's like, okay, you know, now... I'm sleeping a little bit better at night mm-hmm. because I know Jason's there and I know Jason's learning how all of our, <laughs> how all of our hosting setup works and all of the ways you're hosting files and, yeah. and like that it, it just, it's, it's calming to know yeah. we've got somebody else that's on the lookout for things. Once, once he gets there, I'm, I'm disappearing for a month. <laughs> I'm going to go, go you're on my vision gonna- quest disappear yeah. into the wilderness you're just gonna ghost us it's just you're just gonna leave a cryptic message in slack it's just like a mushroom emoji yeah and then i'll be back in a month Let's see what happens that's a great I, i'd love us for to have a team of 10 eventually and it's just like yeah like john just every once in a while he'll just post a mushroom emoji and then disappear for <laughs> He comes back with great ideas or crazy ideas. I don't know. Yeah, he's he, it's the, the mythical, like the idea that we could have hired employees and they've never seen you. That all they they see is your last status is the mushroom. So mysterious. I'll be like, sorry, John. I had to keep hiring. I didn't know when you were going to be back. It was three months. I didn't hear from you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm. Really excited about Jason um, being here. He is definitely... The other interesting thing is that we opted for somebody who is very senior. Yeah. Uh, not junior level, not mid-level, not like... Yeah. Also, not necessarily full stat. Like He's not so much a front-end guy, which gives me mm-hmm. I think, a little bit more energy to focus on the front-end stuff, which I think will be really fun. Uh, but he is a very good engineer and 
good with infrastructure and just has a lot of good ideas, even outside of engineering, marketing and product stuff. And he just, yeah, he thinks about all that stuff, which is great. Yeah. 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 It's, and if product wise, yeah, that's another thing that got me excited is just, well, having someone else in product meetings and helping us shape ideas is obviously mm-hmm. awesome, but also freeing you up to, for example, have time to think about what the new version of podcast websites will look like yeah. um, and work on some some mock-ups and, you know, fiddle around and dream and be creative. Um, yeah, taking a big load off your shoulders. Uh, of course, there's gonna it, there's an on-ramp to get there, mm-hmm. uh, and we're in the midst of that right now, but the eventually having the freedom to spend time being creative yeah and spend time thinking and spend time wasting time yeah there's much less of that than there was early on just because i think we have like i said a bigger code base a bigger customer base and you kind of have to think about those changes before you make them and yeah a lot some some of my days are just you know fixing little bugs here and there instead of thinking about bigger bigger ideas well yeah and Again, in terms of the calm and margin that I've wanted and that I've enjoyed as a founder, part of where I wanted to get myself to was the place where I could um, waste time. Yeah. Where I could just be out in the field gathering insights and thoughts and pushing back on things and observing what's happening you know, in the market. Yeah. That, that mental, that mental downtime is good. It's It's very good. It's productive in a way that doesn't seem productive. I mean, the, 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 I'm not sure who said this, but there's that, that idea that uh, the, the CEO's primary job is thinking. And, um, as co-founders, I think, I mean, that's just, again, part of the, that's one of the things I've enjoyed, about this business we've built is that there's enough margin that it's not like we're running around putting out fires. It's not like we're running around worried that, you know, we got to sign these next three enterprise contracts or we're not going to be able to meet payroll next month. We have, we can, and COVID proved this, um, we can actually shift down a few gears and really, uh, relax in the best sense. Um, and a relaxed mind can produce incredible insights <laughs> when you give it yeah. space and time to explore and, you know, so, uh, I think that's, that's going to be significant for us. And we felt it with, when we brought Helen on and I think we're going to feel it with Jason as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm slash Justin. You'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. Why don't we talk a little bit about the great summer SaaS slowdown? (laughs) So hiring, so yeah, adding our biggest expense ever coincides with (laughs) the the slowest couple of months we've had so far. Yes. Yeah. And so this has been interesting. Uh, one of the benefits of having this community of self-funded startups and um, building relationships with so many other 
founders is my DMs are always pretty interesting. Yeah. And I've had a few DMs from, not just a few actually, quite a few from other founders saying, hey, uh, have you noticed any sort of slowdown like in terms of growth? How's, how's June, July, August growth looking for Transistor? Ours was super slow. And I'm curious uh, whether where other companies have ended up. Yeah, it's interesting because I I look at that and I'm like, oh, the podcast market is slowing down, mm-hmm. which may might be true. I don't know; it's possible, uh, but turns out that's maybe not the case. No, no. And I've got a f- bunch of tweets I'll link to in the show notes where this has been a public discussion. Um, so yeah, there's there is a noticeable slowdown, not for everybody, but. Um, Especially those of us that were in the the creator economy, I think, and so podcasting, email newsletters, blogging, uh, membership software, course software, there was a big bump mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit and everyone was locked down. Uh, people were, microphones on Amazon were sold out. Lots of folks were starting podcasts. We grew quite a bit in April and May. Some of our uh, you know, companies like Squadcast reported growing like 300% yeah. uh, during that time. And um, my theory is that during the, during the lockdown, uh, a lot of companies were investing in digital products, right? We saw a lot of companies adopting Zoom for the first time and Slack and all these digital tools. Um, so uh, a lot of us benefited from that. And then there was also, you know, this, uh, this emergent creator economy where people were, were, you know, looking for new ways to make money or new ways to make money on the side, or even just new ways to occupy their time because they, they, you know, they, they suddenly had uh, an extra two hours every day because they weren't commuting. And they said, now I'm going to start that podcast. I'm going to start that newsletter, not even to make money, but to, for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the theory is that things have, you know, well, we, <laughs> we're in the fourth wave of uh, uh, this Delta yeah. variant, but but things opened up and there was, there was a lot of people who did, were like, I'm taking some time off. Yeah, it's summer, things have opened up, people are vaccinated. I think that's probably correct in that people are taking time off. Their kids aren't quite back in school yet if they have kids mm-hmm. and... Uh, spending time with family and friends and not signing up for new online services. I think that's probably exactly what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And it, it also is an interesting, there's an interesting thought, which is um, if COVID accelerated trends, there's this idea that growth can accelerate, but eventually the market just catches up with that acceleration and then compensates for it. You know what I mean? Like most markets just grow at a steady rate and these short-term bumps we saw, oh, everything's accelerating. You know, some companies are growing 300%. Uh, but eventually there's a, the, the market kind of catches up and then <laughs> compensates. It's like slows down. There's only so much room for growth in any market. And there's like kind of this median baseline and sure, the peaks might, you know, during certain times, things might go up and down. 
But overall, and I think this is true in podcasting, overall, the growth rate in podcasting has been pretty steady over the years. And um, yeah, I think this is just uh, the market kind of shifting down to a lower gear. And hopefully, of course, <laughs> September, October, things will speed up again. We'll yeah. probably see another slowdown in January, February, and then, um, you know, hopefully, uh, January. So March, April, May is usually pretty good for us. Yeah. It's concerning to see, but we still, we still have yet to have a negative month. Yes. Which is good. Yeah. It's just very slow growth. (laughs) I got to, I should actually look at our numbers, but there's a, even a hesitancy right now I know I'm just going to say it because I know people think about it, but you know I know that if I send out an email newsletter to our customers, uh, that could accelerate people canceling. Right. And so there's this uh, there's part of me that's like ah like I don't want to I don't know if I want to <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that, but which is incredibly short term thinking like who cares um, and also difficult to know how it affects things one way or the other, right? Like it could, it could help or it could not help. Right. Um, that's the kind of thinking you get into when it's like, when you're looking at your numbers and you're going, oh man, like it'd be really nice if, uh, you know, churn wasn't that high. Yeah, And exactly. I was looking at ConvertKit's numbers because they're still open and uh, yeah, churn definitely goes up. You know, like your growth, their growth rate is gone down quite a bit hmm. and churn is up, not by a ton, but, you know, even marginal, it's like if churn doesn't go up a ton, so like their churn's gone up since June has gone up 5%, which isn't a ton, but if if growth slows down, so their growth is down 76%. Um, your churn has been relatively steady. You know, it's not been massive, but it's the, what's killing a lot of companies is new trials, new customers, new business. You're just not seeing the trials. Yeah. And, uh, and especially in our category and convert kits there as well, uh, we serve a lot of prosumers. And, yeah. uh, and in the prosumer category, you want a lot of trials, yeah. um, because there's going to be a baseline of churn every month. Like if you look at convert kicks numbers, you know, every month there's, there's just going to be a, a bunch of folks canceling. Like that's mm-hmm. just the, the nature of the category. Yeah. For us too, we could, yeah, probably focus on preventing other people from leaving what what Mm -hmm. we can do or switching, right? Yeah. Like we had that one idea that I actually, I like, which is when people go to cancel right now, we give them a warning. Hey, if you cancel your account, we're going to be removing all your files and your feed and everything on this date. It'd be interesting to experiment with people go to cancel and then we show them a warning. Hey, everything's going to get deleted because this is web hosting. It's just like if if you cancel yeah. your plan, we have to remove everything. But here's a new option. You can pause your account and choose one 
episode in your feed to keep public. We'll, we'll remove, we'll make everything else a draft and lock it. And, uh, you don't have to pay while it's in this paused mode. So it has the advantage of them staying. It has the advantage of their feed staying active, uh, because there's at least one episode published. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it might, and it would give people the assurance that, you know, their files are still there. If they want to turn it back on, they can just turn it on and then we can revert everything to published. There will be a few syncing problems with that when you when you mm, remove right. episodes on, on bulk and, and whatever. But uh, what do you think about that idea? Yeah, that could, that could work. And be interesting because then we're at least... Uh, we do have people come back. Yeah, I mean, we've had, yeah, people do tend to leave sometimes because they're just not podcasting right now. Yeah. Other people leave because other platforms have different features, which maybe we'll be able to mitigate some of that by adding some of the things we're working on. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, actually. Uh, so now we've got Jason. And mm-hmm. one of the things Jason was excited about was he brought up the idea of us maybe looking at dynamic audio again. Yeah. And folks may want to go back in the archives. This is what's so great about having this podcast is that we can like actually go back and look at, at episodes where we explored this. Because for a long time, you and I were, we, we've actually thought about the idea of dynamic content and dynamic uh, audio insertion since before we even launched officially. Like we have notes uh, from before uh, August 1st, 2018, where we were discussing this. But I, that that was one of the reasons we were interested in hiring him is because he was kind of fired up about that idea. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been pretty hesitant about it um, for various reasons. But I think, yeah, we I think we have a idea, sort of a plan in place to sort of slowly roll it out, but do it simply and not mm-hmm. some... Like we're not going to have an audio editor. It's just going to be a very simple uh, solution to it for now mm-hmm. that I think will help, you know, most of the people that want it. Yeah. And, and you know, like I think when we initially explored uh, dynamic audio and we mapped it out in, in Portland during that retreat, uh, it did just feel like, wow, this is going to be a big heavy lift and... We just didn't feel ready for it. It was just... Yeah, yeah I think it was a good decision not to do it then. Uh, yeah, so that's something we're exploring now is dynamic audio. We've, we're, Jason's kind of mapped out some of that stuff and uh, we're looking at, at ways of doing it. Initial version will probably just be uh, allowing people to do pre-roll, right? Mm-hmm. Pre-roll audio. Yeah, that's it's kind of exciting actually to still be a small lean team, but... <laughs> to think like we could tackle this now. Yeah. Suddenly it felt doable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I think, yeah. After having another, you know, another person to talk through it with, it's like, yeah, this isn't, you know, there's moving parts, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not going to mm-hmm. kill us to do it. So that said, we are looking for people to test it out. Right. Yeah. A, hand, a handful of people who want to try it out early whenever that's ready. I don't know when that's going to be, but. Yeah. Yeah. If that's, if that's you, uh, there's some ways to contact us in the show notes and we'd love to hear from you. Um, and then, yeah, you've, you've also released 
some new stuff. We we did a uh, a transcripts feature. That was initially you know, another thing I was hesitant to do because I thought it was a lot of heavy lifting, but it's not just because I wanted to kind of do it right and not just have like a blob of text you paste in. But um, yeah, you can upload your transcript in various different ways. You can paste it in if you want, but it also will integrate with the uh, podcasting 2.0 feature, right? Where it's included in your RSS feed and some audio players will actually use that as uh, like closed captioning in the player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then along with that, once that was built out, we could then build out this pretty simple, I don't know, I think they do it pretty smartly with uh, Descript, the audio editor. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of like building this API integration, they actually just have this way to link back to a podcast host like Transistor with uh, a URL that includes more URLs that point to your audio file and your transcript file, which then can be imported directly into Transistor when you create a new episode. So that is ready to go. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on Descript to add it to the app. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a call with them, and that actually feels like this is actually one of the first times where I felt an integration is could be truly aligned because uh, they've got this incredible recording, editing, transcription software. I'm a big fan. I've been using it a ton to not just generate transcripts, but to like edit podcast episodes, to edit uh, screen recordings, and I've been promoting them quite a bit on Transistor just because it's 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 a great way for people to get into podcasting. It makes right. the editing process so much better. Mm-hmm. And um, to have them uh, reach out and say, hey, like, you know, they've, they've been wanting us to integrate with them for a while. So to have, you know, that, that uh, ability to export directly to Transistor from Descript and then include, like, so now the payload could be an MP3 file that you've exported, but also your transcript, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's dope. One click, it, yeah, one click puts in your audio file and your transcript. You have to fill out a few bits of episode details and then you're done. And I, the other thing I like about it is it gets back to the joy of podcasting and creating something, you know, like to, to feel like Transistor is a part of a process, a creative process that should be enjoyable and gratifying for the people that are doing it. Yeah. And of course, we can't do everything. We can't build uh, Descript level uh, features, uh, editing and recording and everything. And so to have folks that we can we can integrate with um, and partner with and have them, you know, uh, promote us as well and uh, yeah, that just seems like such a great fit. Yeah. You've also, I mean, looking into our changelog, transistor.fm slash changelog, we have some features I've even forgotten about. You can compare podcast episodes oh, yeah. uh, in your analytics now, which is super cool. So you can drill down into individual episodes and then say, huh, I wonder how this the performance of this episode compares to... I forgot I added that too. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. Uh, and then uh, new podcast analytics charts. So now oh, yeah. you ha- you can find out how many of your podcast listeners use desktop, mobile, smartwatch, or smart speaker. Um, yeah, there's there's some 
pretty cool. Uh, you can now upload an audio file via the API. Yeah. So, uh, just because we haven't released an episode in a while, there's uh, there's some cool stuff. <laughs> there's some cool stuff we released in in these months. Uh, lots actually. You you uh, shipped quite a bit in July. Yeah, that's true. I did. So yeah, it feels feels good that uh, it feels like we continue to make great progress. Uh, I'm still convinced, and I, I know some people get tired of my rhetoric here, but I am still convinced that a small, calm, profitable company, and of course, this is going to depend on the founders, it's going to depend on who you hire, but uh, in, in, the right people working on the right problem in the right market can create the best software in the world. I feel like Transistor as a small two-person team, uh, we were, product-wise, we were competing with much, much bigger companies yeah. and we're in the same boat as much bigger companies. And there is a narrative out there that sometimes bootstrap software is not as good. Sometimes bootstrap software doesn't have as good of customer support. And of course, that can be true uh, the problem with uh, with uh, bias or survival bias in business is you actually almost want to look for survival bias. What characteristics do the best examples have? Because of course, there's going to be tons of people starting bad businesses. Of course, there's going to be tons of people who are bad product people or bad engineers or bad designers that are starting companies. So you... Yeah, you don't want to look at those. You want to clear them out of your 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 sample set, right? Um, and I think it's okay for companies that are uh, small and, and are building great software to be proud of it and small and giving incredible customer service, twenty four hour twenty four hour live chat support to be proud of it. Yeah, and uh, I'm continually amazed by the the number of indies that are tiny compared to their competitors who are just building better products yeah building better think, software yeah i think people are still amazed once in a while that we're as small as we are yeah yeah <laughs> they're continually amazed yeah uh, every, every time i'm uh uh you know on a call i've been doing i've still been doing a few of these enterprise uh, calls, experimenting. I, I, that would actually have been a good topic too. Just like, I think I'm going to be done, uh, doing these enterprise processes. But, uh, you know, when I, t when I talk to enterprise, potential enterprise customers, I'm very, uh, honest. Hey, this is a two person company. Hey, this is a three person company. <laughs> You're not going to okay. get your own support person. No, no. Uh, there's 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 no ops team for you to talk to after this conversation. I am the ops team. <laughs> yeah. There's no security team for you to have a call three hour call with. No. Um, and uh, and they're impressed. They're impressed with the the service we're able to provide. Of course. Uh, this is I I, I want to know what this is called, but of course the most exceptional examples of 
profitable bootstrap companies are going to be exceptional. But that is kind of the point. And so the the lesson, uh, I think, for everybody is to figure out how to be exceptional. Um, and that that's uh, decades of practice, decades of investing in your own skills, investing in your own network, things we've talked about for years. Uh, of course, none of this is easy. And even for for folks who are in exceptionally skilled and gifted, there's no, uh, there is no guarantee, but mm. I'm, 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 um, I'm fairly bullish. I'm fairly uh, certain that for folks, and again, I, I, I'm not trying to be egotistical here or to encourage people to be egotistical, but to have the self-knowledge to know that uh, you've got the skills and the advantages and the strengths in a certain area, and then to find people that 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 uh, make up your weaknesses, that, mm-hmm. that do things that are good that you're not good at. Uh, we've said this over and over again on the show. Like us teaming up has it it it's it's been a revelation for me. Just yeah. to have that feeling of like, I could have not done this without John. Yeah, absolutely. And also to know that you couldn't have done this without no. me. It's like, uh, what is it? GoBots? Gotron? Yeah, the, uh, Voltron. What is it? Voltron. Yeah, it's, it's the Voltron principle. <laughs> it's the yin and the yang. It's, it's, you know, it is, again, people message me and say, well, that's fine for you guys that you finding a good partner is hard. I know. Exceptional yeah. examples are going to be exceptional. The key is to cultivate a life where you can be exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how long it took us to actually find a partner that works. Like we built, we've built things before with other partners. It's been 10, you know, a decade. It took forever. Yeah, exactly. And, and this isn't to say you shouldn't take, uh, this isn't to say there's not a place for people to take a chance on people. Um, like I think investors need to take a chance on founders. I think, uh, employers need to take a chance on certain employees. You're always going to be doing that. I partners, uh, need to take a chance. There's a chance. There's a risk that, that all of this won't work. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm certainly thankful that in some ways at one of the uh, emotionally lowest parts of my times of my life, you took a chance <laughs> on me. Yeah, I, I I felt like a little bit like I was a, a burning heap of garbage at the time. Uh, <laughs> so there is there is always going to be a, a place for some some luck and for some people who are willing to take a chance on each other and for people who are willing to give a hand up to folks, especially folks who might not have grown up with the same privilege. Um, you know, there's all those all those elements exist. But at the same time, the goal for anybody listening, and, and not in a way that feels um, that feels like, oh, this is impossible, or that this is never going to happen for me, but to just think, I can do this, but I've got to cultivate this this uh, this idea of being exceptional, and with the hopes that if I do decide to start a business, which is very risky, that what what are the things that are going to make me the exception to the rule? 
how can I cultivate those skills, those relationships, that network, uh, all of those things. And, um, and maybe it'll take, you know, I, I, I launched my first business when I was in my early twenties. Yeah. So it took yeah, me two I did decades. too. I started, I started working for myself when I was 21, 22. So it might take a while. Two, de- two decades in, in retrospect feels long, but, um, <laughs> the benefits, if you are one of the lucky folks that are able to cultivate this this existence and then pass the, 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 this threshold of creating a business. It's such a great, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, that's probably a good place to leave it. Hey, probably. It's nice. been a while. It's been a while since we did this. Oh, dear listener. Thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> yeah. And John, I think, uh, we got to thank the, the folks on Patreon who continue to support the show and uh yeah again we 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 have been um we have been uh, donating these patreon uh donations to other creators so yeah let's let's thank the folks yeah. on patreon absolutely thanks to everyone uh we have mitch i think mitch is new right uh yeah I don't yeah know. yep yep mitch is hey, new harris kenny oleg kulik uh violet dude Geneville, did I say that right? Violette de Geneville. All right. Yeah, yeah, pretty good right. pronunciation. You had, okay. you had the first two. Nice. The, the, those French classes paid off. I took zero French classes. <laughs> uh, 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 well, oh, yeah. you're Violette, très bien. Very, all right, nice. <laughs> Maybe I got it from you, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have the Take It EV podcast. Ethan Gunderson, Diogo, Chris Willow, Borja Soler, Ward Sandler, Eric Lima, James Sowers, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandra Sassi, Preda Yumna Schimbecker, Noah Prail, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Krakovic, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, uh, my brother Dan Buda. Hey, Dan. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young. Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta! And finally, Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com. Thanks, everyone. We will see you the next time we drop an episode, hopefully soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>